0: Hey everybody, welcome to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura, I'm a graduate student, I study climate science. This podcast is a really awesome space to share a lot of things that I take for granted, like general climate change education or personal sustainability efforts. Things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally should be. We've got fresh episodes every week on Tuesdays, wherever you listen to your podcasts, and we're always going to be taking a fresh look at some topic on our environment that we've glazed over. We're talking about climate change from a bunch of different angles, but also just personal tips on how to be a more responsible citizen of the planet. Y'all, I am so excited for today's episode. We have another interview. We're talking to Manuela Barron of The Girl Gone Green. I'm so excited to be doing this. We talked a couple episodes ago about sustainable travel habits. And Manuela is a YouTuber, Instagrammer, world traveler, fellow sustainability nerd, and we had a really good time talking today. She is better known online as the Girl Gone Green. She just got back from a really awesome six-month tour of Asia, where she's been learning about sustainability and wellness and a whole bunch of other awesome things. Manuela is super insightful about living really consciously and real-life learning and the value of experiences. Today, we're talking about some of her experiences abroad with long-term travel and also the realization that sustainability does not have to be perfect. When you're traveling, especially, you can't always be totally vegan or totally zero waste or whatever it is. And that's okay. It's about doing what you can. I'm really excited that she was interested in coming onto Eco Chic, talking with us, and just sharing a little bit about her wealth of knowledge. Welcome to Eco Chic, a podcast about science and sustainability. Um, so for those listeners who might not be familiar with you, could you give us like a little bit of an introduction? Yeah, of course.
1: So my name is Manuela Barron. Um, I go under the alias The Girls on Green on um, social media, where I talk about sustainability and conscious living. And for the last six months, I've been on this eat, play, love type journey through Asia learning about wellness and sustainability practices from the people there and what's going on in those countries.
0: Super cool. Um, Where did you get interested in sustainability and wellness? Like, how is that a part of your, you know, your online alias now?
1: Yeah, you know, I probably was the total opposite of anyone interested in green or, like, tree hunker life, and I was (laughs) – well, I remember when I was little, I used to ask my mom to buy me plastic water bottles because my friends had them, but she wouldn't. Um, so yeah, it kind of came to the, um, out of the blue. I started traveling um, a lot when I graduated from high school. So around like 18, 19, I started going all through Europe and I went to South Asia. And I started just seeing a lot of the same instances reoccurring in every country that I went to, which was a lot of trash and a lot of pollution kind of taking over these beautiful monuments, like you'd be in the Colosseum, and there were like plastic water bottles, and you're like, here you are in this beautiful thing, and all you see is uh, plastic trash, or no matter where I went, I kind of encountered it, and uh, I don't know, it was like once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it, and then that's totally taken over my life, and introduced me to a lot of different aspects, I actually got interested in minimalism first, before sustainability, Oh. And sustainability, and then veganism, and now wellness and yoga. So <laughs> it's definitely like a rabbit hole that's
0: branched out into different um, sectors and in industries. Awesome. Can we talk about minimalism for a second? Because that is, like you said, where you um, started this whole sustainability journey, like this rabbit hole. Um, so what is that? What did that mean for you in college, growing up? Because I feel like it's difficult to lead a very minimalist lifestyle. In, um...
1: Right. So, I um, I at eighteen had this idea to go move abroad, and uh, I had to only take, I think, I think I had like one very large suitcase, maybe two very large suitcases. But still, when you pass your entire life into this box, it makes you really realize how much stuff you had. And my parents wanted me to get rid of everything um, that was in my bedroom because they were going to be moving. So I had to, like, go through absolutely everything, and then I found myself actually settling down in in Paris, France, and, you know, the cliche of the Parisians is they they don't have a lot of stuff, and the reality was a lot of the people that I met who were French didn't have a lot, or they lived in really small apartments and cooked these amazing dishes with one knife and, like, one pot, and that idea of being able to dress really well and eat really well that not have all the stuff that you have to take care of, really kind of interested me. And uh, I was mad a Minimalist. Like I said, I had two huge suitcases and probably bought so much stuff while I was there. But I got interested in it, and I started realizing what I valued. And even now, like, I find every time I have too much stuff, I just stop and think about, like, does this bring value to my life? Does this support, like, where I want to go in five years? Is this something I love? Do I love wearing it or am I just wearing it because I have it? So a lot of questions kind of became a part of of me and who I am. So when I go about my day-to-day, I am very conscious of this, And I think it goes into the umbrella of just conscious living. So I think minimalism is the best gateway drug (laughs) (laughs) into living a more, um, more
0: intentional life. Wow, that's awesome. I really like that. Um, could we talk a little bit about your travels? Because you mentioned you lived in Paris, you're doing this Eat, Pray, Love, Asia thing you just came off of, um, how you began like long-term travel and how sustainability plays into that travel lifestyle.
1: Yeah, so like I said, um, I moved to Europe when I was um, 18 by myself, knowing no one, and I got hooked with the idea of, of traveling and living abroad and and experiencing new things because in that one year I had this like exponential growth and I thought to myself like how can I keep doing that like how can I keep learning from others rather than just learning from my teachers or something Um, so I went back to Florida and I finished my degree because it was very important to my family for me to um, get a college education and once I graduated the next day maybe I graduated on a Sunday on a Monday I hopped on a one-way flight to Bali. (gasps) And my intention was to do this really long, um, just indefinite travel, but different things have happened and changed my plans as life is. It's always in flux and it's always changing. But um, yeah, I just, I was really inspired to keep learning and to keep growing. And I think that I had spent about three years learning about sustainability and the environment and the whole world that I was interested in it, but I hadn't really experienced it. Like I was living in the little town in Florida, like, I wasn't really like, out and about, like, seeing as much as I wanted to and learning, like, deforestation, and, and so I just thought, okay, why don't I just go and see where things go, and that's just kind of how I did it, and I think my values really helped, um, it helped in saving for a trip like this, because when you spend less on things, you have more money to save and invest in, in different opportunities you want to do, but
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Wow, I really dig that, just, like, really going after what you want and learning from the world. That's super cool. Um, that's really, really admirable, I hope, to do something similar, just, like, get up and go. Um, how does sustainability and, like, a low-waste, minimalist lifestyle work when you're traveling? Because, like you said, you do sometimes just see, like, plastic water bottles at the Coliseum and just being a really conscious traveler.
1: Yeah, I think... It was really difficult. I think at first I was holding on to my values that I had in the United States, which was living a fully zero waste lifestyle of being one hundred percent vegan and being this an extreme like label. Mm-hmm. As I started traveling, I really realized like that is not something I can do. I needed mean, to be more flexible and be more willing to accept what's going on. And I kind of took to into my sustainability practices where. There were countries where it was really difficult to find clean drinking water, and in the state, you know, I had food, water, shelter, entertainment, everything, but when you're traveling, you're constantly thinking about, where am I sleeping tonight? What am I eating today? Like, where am I getting my water source from? And it was really, really difficult. I think it made you rethink in terms of, like, what's the best choice I can make today? What's the most conscious decision I can make today? Can I buy a big, huge jug of plastic water bottle instead of six individual plastic water bottles? Can I buy this jug and then refill it every day for the next week? Can I get myself um, a plastic water filter that is plastic, but I can use for the rest of this trip and be able to get clean drinking water from the tap? Or is it impossible? Like there were some countries where it wasn't um, possible to get access to clean drinking water, and it was highly advised not to even filter it because of the locations, like, the rural areas you are in. Mm-hmm. And in that case, like, your only option is sometimes, okay, I'm going to buy plastic. Now, what's the best one? Like, do I support this company? Do I support that company? Because um, you, you, every decision that you make as a consumer and as an individual, you're, you're making a vote for what you want. So it's important to just make the best decision you can. And uh, it's challenging. It, it is. And having access to things, I think, is a really important conversation to have because so many people, even in America, don't have access for the resources to have a lot of these eco-friendly uh, things that we currently have. So finding that balance, I think, was really important. And then just being prepared, you know, carrying your own water bottle. And I had utensils in my bag and a straw for my coconuts and smoothies just having little things here and there that could really help in the long run.
0: Oh, wow. That's really interesting because... What you were saying about the plastic water bottles, I've been thinking about a lot in terms of sustainability and travel, just like really voting with your dollars in terms of if you are going to even buy something new here in America, like the companies that you're supporting are directly, um, you know, fulfilling these sustainability dreams or not. Just making sure that your values really align with whatever it is that you're purchasing. And that's kind of hard for the average consumer. You have to be very conscious about it. Um. Yeah. And you were saying that you're in some rural villages, you have seen so much of Asia and beyond. Is there any like particular experience that really stuck with you? Like, um, I know that some experiences I've had abroad just seeing like how people live in their day to day life using trash or um, practicing vegan values without necessarily thinking about it. If there's anything that like really stuck in terms of degradation or a relationship with the environment.
1: I think there are so many different experiences that I had on this trip that really left a mark on me, but one of the first encounters that I had on my trip was I just wanted to Bali. I had chosen Bali because I thought it was a good transition because it is very Western, and uh, I heard that it was this paradise. You know, you see on social media these beautiful beaches and everyone on these swings, and you see this very picturesque idea of, of this island. Mm -hmm. And I arrived on, like, probably the worst time I could arrive as an environmentalist. Bali was in what they called a state of emergency, in a trash emergency. So the president of Indonesia actually flew into Bali to address this plastic problem. And I was just shocked. Because here I am, my first day in this beautiful, like, Pinterest place of Bali. to get to the beach, and there's just maybe, like... I don't even know, like six inches of just plastic on the beach, like layers of it, just like on the sand. Wow. And it killed me and it took me like a lot, like I was just like kind of frazzled and I was running around being like, I don't understand, like why, why is this like that? And I started, I met this man on the beach and um, him and his family were uh, raking up the plastic, putting it in a little tile and then setting out fire right there on the beach. And I thought to myself, oh my god, he can't can't burn plastic, plastic, so for the environment, the air, blah, blah, blah. And I just told myself, okay, here I am as a Westerner going into this this area and sharing them what I think is right. I'm going to ask them why they think that's the right solution. So I just started talking to the family. They're telling me that um, I guess what happens is uh, during December, the current um, altar, and they bring in the trash from the Java Sea, so like where Jakarta throws their trash. Where all of Indonesia and all of like a lot of the world, the currents bring them into there, and it ends up on Bali. Like the worst month being winter, and uh, he said it gets so bad, and the tourists get really upset. And he just kept emphasizing how the tourists get really upset about the trash, and that's why he's burning the trash. And. It took a lot to understand that concept. Like, here this man was spending hours of his day in front of his little, like, shop on the beach just raking plastic and burning it because the white white people cared. He didn't really care um, because he didn't really see the the pell like the disconnect. So every day, that man, who owned, like, a surf shop, I believe, he handed out these, like, plastic cups with plastic straws to the surfers when they get out of the water. And he wasn't causing the problem, because if you looked on the beach, there were so many of these plastic cups, like, it's a very specific cup with, like, a plastic straw in it. And it was one of those instances where he didn't really understand, and I didn't really understand how, like, the problem was going on, but he felt that if he put the trash in the trash can, the local, like, government would end up throwing it into the ocean. Mm. And it would just end up back on the beach. So he saw it as the... Only solution to ending the plastic problem was to burn it. And I actually ended up going back a couple weeks later when I, I, was, I was surfing, and I went back to the same man, and he went to go give me a plastic cup um, after getting out of the water, and told him, "Hey, have you ever considered using one of those big blue water filter things that were all over body, Bali and with the world, and just giving us a, a reusable cup, and at the end of the day, just washing those cups and using them again?" And he at me, Do you think they would drink out of that? And that's the, I think that was like one of the biggest moments for me because here I was trying to like offer this great solution, but at the end of the day, it was the tourist who's so fearful of water and so fearful of getting sick and so fearful of like I don't know, people think that plastic is like really sanitary. And uh, it was just one of those moments that really me, out and kind of set the, the tone for the rest of the trip was I don't have any of the solutions. Like I am a foreigner going into this country, and while I think I might know a lot about sustainability, the reality is I didn't know anything about the Balinese and their relationship to trash, and I didn't know anything about how the tourists react to trash. I didn't know anything about how the Malaysian people are dealing with deforestation, or how the Filipino people like have towards like example, fashion like you can think like oh just pay them higher wages but that might have a whole nother a, a whole nother like mix of problems so um i think that was one of the biggest lessons is just realizing that there's a bigger conversation to be
0: held wow that's amazing that's so impactful i feel like um I have seen in South America, like some families that burn trash to um, just cook with in their homes, things like that. And you think about the air quality, but it's also like it has nowhere to go and it's already a very ingrained value. So I really appreciate that you have kind of acknowledged um, the idea that you know about sustainability via, you know, like a formal college education and you're going into these communities where you are so, I mean, a foreigner is the only word to really use, but you're, like, so detached from their values and from their practices. um, It's hard to really impact that. All right, Manuela, do you have anything that you want to leave listeners with? Yeah, of
1: course. I think that anyone who is interested in sustainability or the environment or zero waste or even minimalism, it's taking that idea to create a conscious life based on what you can in the moment. I think it's incredibly tempting to want to be 100% and want to be what everyone else is. But the reality is you can never compare your day one to someone's day 1,000. And it's easy to get caught up in, like, aesthetics and how pretty the stuff looks. But just make the right choice for what you can right now. So if it's buying one container rather than individually packaged things or... Driving with people and carpooling rather than driving alone like finding that one thing that you can do that will make you feel like you are part of something like you're a part of a sustainability movement and just taking it one step at a time and really living consciously that way I think that is the best thing that I can leave to anyone is don't be afraid to try because any conversation that you have with someone will create a huge ripple effect and you don't notice it until you step back and look at it like years later and how much of an impact you've had. So I really inspire anyone who's listening to this to just take a leap and try something out. Try something new and don't be afraid to fail and don't be afraid to not be perfect.
0: Wow, thank you so much for that. You are so insightful and I'm seriously so impressed with how much you've done as a young adult like myself. I am I hope to you know, get to that level of realization with a lot of my goals where can the audience find you online
1: yeah i am the girl gone green on all social media platforms instagram youtube i think i have a twitter but i don't use it and i think facebook actually the world gone green
0: awesome great well thank you so much for that of
1: course thank you so much for having me
0: I will have Manuela's YouTube and Instagram links down below. She has some really awesome captions and photos sharing a really honest look at her awesome recent six-month trip to Asia. Her YouTube has some more insight on her relationship with minimalism, veganism, other rabbit hole type environmental movements that we mentioned. If you enjoyed this episode of Eco Chic, please let me know and leave a review. That's like the currency of the podcast world. I love hearing that y'all are sharing these episodes with your friends, so please continue. This podcast is now available wherever you listen to your podcast, so, like Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. And you can definitely find me anywhere online. My Instagram is at Laura E. Diaz. So slide into my DMs if you want to chat. That's the easiest way to get in contact with me. You can check out my website, www.lauradez.com. And that's where I share some more in-depth articles and tips on sustainability and little travel adventures. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old.